This is OBS Radio, a service of OBS International, a division of Greater Works Business Services. Making Contact, we are so excited to share an episode from our brand new partner, the Queen's Memory Podcast. This show highlights voices from the most diverse county in America, Queens, New York. In this episode, we are going to hear stories from a neighborhood known as Little Manila. This Filipino community dates back to the 1970s. You go to the restaurants there. It's where you can send money back home to the Philippines. Reminded me of Avenida in Manila. So my son said, it's like we're not even in America, mommy. And while Little Manila offers a home away from home for Filipino immigrants, some say it doesn't receive the same resources as other communities in Queens. We have other communities that are fairly recent immigrants to Queens, to New York City, to America. And they have community centers. They have all these big events that politicians go to. I mean, can you imagine it's 2021? And now we're getting a sign that says something about our heritage. I mean, it's very, very lowball. In the second half of the show, we're going to hear from Filipinos engaged in care work, like nursing or childcare. There's a stereotype that women from the Philippines are naturally nurturing. We're going to talk about how harmful that stereotype can be. Oh, nice community. You're Filipino. You're so nice. Yeah. So give us the nice thing. Put it in paper. All this on today's Making Contact. I'm Amy Gastelum. This episode was produced in English. If you want to listen in Tagalog, go to our website, radioproject.org, to find the link. Gawa sa English itong episode. Kung gusto niyong makinig sa Tagalog, mahahanap niyong link sa aming website, radioproject.org. Most Filipinos living in the U.S. call California home, but of the over 200,000 Filipinos living in New York City, more than half live in Queens. Today, we're going to hear stories from Little Manila in Woodside, Queens, a neighborhood dotting Roosevelt Avenue that stretches between 63rd and 70th Streets. First up, we have an ode to the area. It's shops, it's politics, it's art. This episode was produced and hosted by Rosalind Tordesillas of Queens Memory Podcast, Let's listen. So as soon as I moved to New York City, I looked for the community that was familiar to me. Then, you know, I found Woodside. It's, it's my community for sure. <laughs> I claim it. <laughs> you cannot refuse Woodside. <laughs> you go to the restaurants there. It's where you can send money back home to the Philippines. I would see people who got married in other states and they're still in their gown and go there just to get food. It reminded me of Avenida in Manila. So my son said, 
It's like we're not even in America, mommy. I think that's when it started, 10 years ago. Now, I think when I heard Little Manila, I'm not even sure if that came from the Filipino community. That might have come from <laughs> outside the community. And I think people would just kind of say it under their breath, Little Manila, as a joke. And then it became serious. Uh, a lot of Filipino organizations, we began adopting that. And they were just like, yeah, Little Manila, it is. And then here we are. <laughs> The neighborhood rose up around a roughly seven-block stretch under the seven train in Woodside. You'll know you're there when the doors open on the elevated train platform and you smell the Filipino barbecue. Down on the street, you may hear bits of Tagalog, Bisaya, Ilocano, and other Philippine languages. How did this area become Little Manila? The community here in Woodside was not like this. Uh, always. When I was growing up, gosh, probably until I was about 12 or so, the street where the store was on was Irish and Italian. Maybe one other Filipino family on that block uh, or two. Now it's like <laughs> uh, Filipinos are everywhere. That was Joe Castillo. His family owns Phil Am Food Mart, the oldest surviving Filipino grocery in Woodside. His parents opened it in 1976. There were one or two other Filipino businesses back then, but not much of a community. Here's his mom, Zenaida Castillo, at the store. She goes by Ida. My cousins told us Queens is a haven for Filipinos, and most of the, uh, I would say, dignitaries from the consulate lives in Elmhurst, Queens. But we cannot afford the rental there. We first started five doors away from here. We rented a place for five years, and then we got this. This is the corner building on Roosevelt Avenue and 70th Street. The location has served them well for another important reason. You find a hospital, you'll always find Filipino nurses and doctors. They knew that there was a small community of healthcare workers because of Elmer's Hospital down the street. Other businesses followed, and they fed off each other's successes. Across 70th Street from Philam is another long-time draw, Ihawan Restaurant. Folks would come for a meal and then stock up. From Connecticut, Massachusetts, Jersey, Philadelphia. Oh, the most popular things, I would say, are, you know, like the noodles, the pancit, the canton, the fish sauce, the vinegar and the toyo. And not just food. In non-travel restricted times, Ida says she'd go back to the Philippines every three months for stock. For the holidays, she'd bring back parols, traditional star-shaped Christmas lanterns made of delicate materials like Japanese paper or kapis shell. I brought hundreds and hundreds. I put it out September. It did not even reach December. Staying connected to the Philippines was the whole purpose of the store. That permeated Joe's childhood, too. Uh, behind the cash register, like underneath, there's shelves where we keep paper bags and stuff. I would take naps in there the, as a preschooler. I joke around that it's a second sibling because I know my parents consider it like another child of their own. The difference that I grew up in versus some of the other Philam kids that were my age, by virtue of the store, I was surrounded by the language and the food and the culture. Phil M is an anchor for the Woodside community. Now, Woodside is an anchor for Filipinos to stay close to their heritage throughout New York City. Because of people from the outer boroughs or even Long Island, they see that there are Filipinos here. They're like, I can open up 
a restaurant in my neighborhood. So I think that it's great because like what started in this neighborhood has been able to like be brought to other places. While Joka Stila finds the way Woodside has evolved inspiring, Stephen Raga thinks it's not changing fast enough. It is great that we have long lasting establishments, but a lot of other communities get more resources than the Filipino community. Way disproportionate. He's executive director of Woodside on the Move, a social service nonprofit. Now he's running to represent this district in the state assembly. Filipinos are what the top three in the country in terms of Asian American population, one of the biggest in the city and the state in terms of AAPI population. We have other communities that are fairly recent immigrants to Queens, to New York City, to America, and they have community centers, they have all these big events that politicians go to. I mean, can you imagine it's 2021 and now we're getting a sign that says something about our heritage? I mean, it's very, very lowball. The sign he's talking about is a street sign. Last year, the New York City Council co-named the southwest corner of Roosevelt and 70th Street Little Manila Avenue. It's a small nod, given how long activists like Stephen have been working for recognition. In the last elections, Stephen ran for city council, but did not win. He's clearly frustrated at the community's lack of a political voice. And that goes back to the bottom line of us not taking a proactive, unified effort to not even ask for things, but let us be heard. We are not on anyone's radar at all. And if we're not on anyone's radar, if we ask for help, who's going to defend us? Hey, it's Amy. I want to jump in and say that since this story was originally aired, Stephen Raga actually won a race for the New York State Assembly. And so now he represents District 30, which encompasses Little Manila and beyond. Okay. Now back to Rosalind. Stephen knows the community can make itself heard. In 2016, they battled a move to change zoning in the neighborhood to allow a megachurch to expand. That would have displaced residents and small businesses. They formed the Coalition to Defend Little Manila to make their case. The amazing part was for some of them in the room, it's the first time they heard a Filipino speak. That was the first time we went for it and we defended our community and we were successful and the project never came back. To make sure their community is heard and seen, an activist arts group painted a mural where most folks enter Woodside. It features the word Mabuhay. That's the best word that you could ever say to anybody. It's one of the best, uh, I would say, wish that you could ever say. The word greets you when you exit the Flushing-bound 7 train at 69th Street. It blares in bright yellow, on a sky blue field on the wall of Amazing Grace Restaurant, evoking the taste and fragrance of home, calamansi fruits, and sampagita blossoms adorn the word. Oh, mabuhay. It just, to me, means welcome. <laughs> you go inside, there is welcome. Welcome to Little Manila. Mabuhay. Welcome to Philippines. So, mabuhay. Many will say it means welcome because anyone arriving in the Philippines will see it plastered all over the airport. But it's so much more than that. It's an all-purpose greeting, cheer, or wish for the future. At its most literal, it simply means live. Today is also Philippines Independence Day. And on this day of freedom... On June 12, 2020, they unveiled the mural with great fanfare by pandemic standards. Woo! 
Jacqueline Reyes designed the mural and co-founded Little Manila Queens by Anihan Arts. The group builds community through public art. When I meet Filipinos outside of New York, whether they're from like Chicago or from California or from Manila, they all know about the mural and it means a lot that that resonated with people. Some like Filipino-Americans um, didn't even realize there was a little Manila. They were just like, wow, look, look at these Filipinos. So um, the fact that the mural was able to draw attention to the community, that was kind of the point. You're listening to Making Contact and an episode from our new podcast partner, Queen's Memory. We are so excited to have them join our lineup and we hope you enjoyed the first half of the show. In the second half, we are going to hear from Filipino nurses in Queens. Lots of Filipinos do frontline care work in New York City and have been deeply affected by the COVID-19 crisis. If you want to learn more or you want to listen to... The views expressed on this program are those of the guests and not necessarily the views of management and staff of OBS Radio, OBS International, and Greater Works Business Services. Guests who appear on this podcast are not required to pay a fee and is made possible by RadioGuestList.com. For more information, please visit our website at www.obsintl.cf. Follow OBS on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash broadcast section. If you want to contribute financially to help us continue broadcasting, please go to paypal.me.obsintl. Thanks for tuning in. We will see you next time. This is a presentation of OBS News, which is responsible for the guests and comments. This is OBS Radio, a service of OBS International a division of Greater Works Business Services.